This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jan Shanais and Dan Crawford from HamiN.com. This is our preview episode of Fulham's upcoming match against Middlesbrough. And we will talk about that near the end of the show. But we have a lot to talk about beforehand. But before we do anything else, I have to welcome both of my co-hosts. First, I'm going to go to you, Giannis. Giannis, did you have a good summer? I have done, mate. Um, been watching a little bit of the Olympics, uh, c- catching up on all the transferred mayhem. And is, let's be honest, it's all mayhem. Yep. And I'm excited for the start of the season, which is starting tonight with uh, uh, that uh, team down on the south coast against West Brom. And, that's, uh, that's right. Yep. And then uh, hopefully we can do the business against the Borough on Sunday. Look forward to it. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about the match. But like I mentioned, we've got a, a ton to talk about. And I'm very happy that I can bring on our other co-host, Dan Crawford. Dan, it's been a long time. Thank you so much for joining Giannis and me. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Again, 10-year anniversary of Cottage Talk is coming up, and you are a big part of it. I, I already mentioned that to Mike Gregg. There's so many people that have been a part of it. You have been a big part of it as well, Dan. Thank you for joining Giannis and me tonight. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back with you, Russ, and uh, always good to talk about Fulham with uh, with, with you and Yanis and your your loyal listeners. Yanis, looking for a very positive season, um, and we'll get to some of the reasons why in a, in a little bit, I guess. That's great, and like I said, uh, what's great about this, we've already done a season preview with Gordon, Rob, and then Emilio, but we're, we're going to preview the season as well in a little bit different way. I have some other topics, but... I definitely want the guys' thoughts as we're going to break down the team, all the different positions. We're going to break it all down. And, of course, we'll end with uh, previewing the upcoming match. I do want to mention before we get into this to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're, we're live on YouTube, on Facebook, on the Cardstock Facebook page, and my own Twitter account, Russ underscore Goldman. But please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. I, I really want to try to get that going. So please do subscribe. Okay, Dan. I'm going to start with you. Before we talk about the managerial situation, the changing of the guard, we'll, we'll talk about, get your thoughts on 
Parker leaving, and then, of course, Silva coming. I just want to get your opening thoughts on the upcoming season, and then I'll go to Giannis. I'm, I'm very positive about the uh, season to come. Um, we've still got the nucleus of what should be a very strong squad in the championship. Many of these players that are uh, about to play for us, have experience of being promoted in some cases not once but twice with us from this division so they know all about it um, they've got the ability uh, to perform at this level um, and we've got some really uh, quality players uh, for this division um, and not wishing to to steal anybody's thunder but I'm positive about the new managerial appointment, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously talk about that in in some detail and I'm also positive that uh, we may be seeing a few more young talents move through migrate through from the academy into the first team as we've already seen with a bit more regularity than we have done in, in the last few years Dan I'm glad that you brought that up before I go to Giannis I think this is important Fulham have invested so much in the academy and I was again really happy with what I saw in the last match, the last friendly from Carvalho and also from Tyrese. I, I thought they both shine, but I think there are other players as well. Is this a good sign for Fulham that, that, again, Silva is incorporating these young players, and we haven't seen that as much, and uh, I think this is an important part of Fulham's development. Yeah, uh, Emilio mentioned this on the last show, when you have players that have experience and you have young players coming through, that's kind of what you're looking for, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. You always need a blend of um, experience and young talent. And if anything, in the last few years, we've been a little bit reticent to uh, put players in uh, for whatever reason, because I can't speak highly enough of the job that Hugh Jennings uh, and, his and, and his colleagues have done at the, the Academy. Jennings uh, specifically in terms of uh, dreaming up the idea to get us to a Category 1 level Academy and then securing the further investment um, and recruiting uh, both players and staff into the system. But it all hinges on having a manager who is willing to trust young talent at key times in the season. Obviously, it's too early to say definitively that uh, Marco Silva is going to do that, but he has his, uh, in his first managerial job with Estoril that he's willing to Right. Uh, use young players and I think you can see from the from the game against Charlton especially the way that uh, Francois and uh, and Carvalho link link up is a byproduct of them playing so much football together that's um, right for the last for the last three years um, now that's not going to be the case with every uh, youth team player but you only have to look at how they've uh, flourished in the first team environment to give you an indication of how that pathway can work. If it's applied properly and if everyone buys into um, that approach, then I think the fans would be appreciative, even if it might initially cost Fulham a few points right. in the in the championship table in the early runnings of players, you'll reap the rewards uh, later on in my view. Okay, excellent. Yanis, over to you. I want to get your opening thoughts and then uh, feel free to comment on what Dan just talked about because I think it's important that we talk about the young players. I, you know, and again, we, we will talk about the change in manager and I think that's going to be important, as Dan already said. If the manager, Marco Silva, incorporates the youngsters, this could actually be very good. It might show a little pain, as, as Dan said, you know, 
again, you might see some growing pains. But in the end, this could pay off big time for Fulham if you see Francois, Carvalho, and some others come along to be a part of the mix. What are your thoughts? And give me your opening thoughts in general. I'm glad that uh, Dan mentioned uh, Hugh Jennings because he's done an outstanding job with the academy. And I think yep. it's, it, I mean, one of the criticisms of the Fulham Academy is that players haven't been able to make it through into the first first team. So obviously, Silva's been impressed with Francois and, and Cavallo. Please excuse if you hear a dog in the background. <laughs> the missus has just gone and we've got, a, we've got a basset hound and she starts whining and moaning like a palace supporter when she leaves the building. Really. As you can hear, the, yes, I know. Roy Hodgson's retired. What can we say? But, um, and it's interesting because the bright uh, we played the Brighton under twenty threes today. Jay Stansfield played in that game, so I don't think he's going to feature on right. Sunday. But I'd like to see with a forty six game season, you're going to start to incorporate them in. Yep. Um, there's a lot of promise there. I think a two years ago, our first game of the season was up at less lest we forget. Oh, oh shush, up at Oakwell. And uh, we went up there with a, you know, dippy, doppy, lackadaisical, we're going to be a newly promoted team in Barnsley and this is going to be a laugh. And then we, we left with the, our heads between our legs looking That's stupid. Right. This is a very different looking squad with a lot of experience. And I think that um, Marco Silva's obviously hit the game running. There was an interview with Tim Ream this week, which I thought was curious, um, just reading between the lines that he's seen the managerial change as a refreshing change. And um, the atmosphere seems to be really good. And I look at the squad right now, knowing that we're going to lose players and we're going to pick players up. But I really am confident that we should be able to, to, to be there or thereabouts with the right signings coming in. And I think we should be able to, starting hopefully with Sunday. Okay. And uh, we'll get to Sunday a little bit later. But guys, let's now go to the beginning like I did on the prior show. And Dan, I'll go to you first. Let's talk about the departure of Scar Parker, which again was so drawn out. And I think it did a lot of damage to everyone involved, you know, and again, I wish him the best of luck. I'm actually watching his team play right now. Uh, Again, as we're doing this show, his team is winning one nil and we'll see what happens, but I don't like the way that things ended with Parker. And I was, I was ready to move on from him. That's just me personally. But what were your thoughts of the, Ending stages of Scott Parker with Fulham. Look, I think a lot of people were ready to move on from Scott Parker long before he instigated his. Um, there's, you know, clearly questions had to be asked about why we slipped from what looked like a very good position to get out of uh, trouble, having engineered two wins on Merseyside, to not putting in anything approaching that level of performance for the remainder of the season. Um, you know, I, I speak as a fan first and foremost, uh, Russ, yep. and it wasn't very enjoyable to watch no. the way Scott Parker set us up. I understand why he felt he had to do really have a second, uh, a plan B to deal with the different eventualities and the different tactics that Premier League sides uh, throw at you. Um, and I found his football quite sterile. I mean, never before has a Fulham team only scored nine goals at home in a professional season um, and you, you know, I don't want to delve too deeply in, into it but Alexander Mitrovic started 13 league games um, and to me that's almost you're almost 
writing the case for the, the right, right there, frankly, because nobody can tell me that uh, Ivan Cavallero is a Premier League centre forward, or indeed a better option as a centre forward than than Alexander Mitrovic. So, um, look, it was very unedifying, I, I think, uh, how it came to a head. Um, but I think Fulham have got an upgrade on Scott Parker. I agree. Um, and I think, actually, what's instructive about this are there are two games in December where former Fulham managers <laughs> will come back to. And I think you can very easily judge, uh, and you'll be able to predict yep. right now, which one is going to get a rapturous reception and which one isn't. Yeah. Um, and that tells you everything you need to know. Okay, excellent stuff. And we'll talk about Silva in just a second, but over to you, Giannis. I want to get your thoughts. And, and again, you, you're always behind Scott Parker, but I just want to share this with you, that Rob Wilson was as well, but he didn't like how things ended with Scott. He didn't like the way how Scott handled the situation. What do you make of all of this? And uh, then we'll talk about Marco Silva. You know, again, it, it didn't end well. And uh, as Dan was talking about, you know, and again, I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for anyone else. I, I was ready to move on for a more exciting brand of football, but I also want winning football. We'll see if we get that from Silva, but just your thoughts on the whole Parker drama. Uh, it was, I mean, it was awful, wasn't it really? I mean, it, there were no winners. I mean, everybody looked like they had egg on their face. Um, Scotty with this, um, shall I, shan't I, will I, won't I nonsense. Um, absence of any comments from Tony Khan because he was busy on his AEW dynamite. Shai Khan saying even less, obviously. And it just it looked and made us look it looked as it made us look like a second class club, and it looked really poor in the media. I mean, I can understand us laughing at clubs like Derby County. Rooney said this morning, you know, hundred million spent on Grealish, and I haven't got a hundred quid to spend on players here. You know, I mean, they've got their own messes, but we're I think a, I think we're a quality club, and the way it all transpired and went down was was uh, was ugly, and it's it sort of in a way reminds me of the departure of Clint Dempsey. Uh, in the sense that we, you know, do we ever really know what happened to Clint? What what happened there that all of a sudden he said, I'm not playing, I'm done here, I'm out, see ya. And I'm not sure we're going to think, I think it's probably six of one and a half a dozen the other. Obviously, a lot of the players are happy he's gone. I wish him, I do wish him well. Um, but, I mean, that the, the win over Brentford at Wembley, we're never going to forget. Oh. And yet the way he rewarded Joe Bryan was, was benching him the whole season. And... Um, but it didn't look good from a club perspective, and nobody's bigger than the club. That's and as right, we found out in the last 24 hours, even Lionel Messi's not bigger than Barcelona. So, um, it, and Shades Khan, his statement, I think, was very telling. It was very, uh, it was abrupt. So, we got the manager in. I like Marco Silva. I liked his work uh, at Watford and Haaland at Everton. I think he was a little bit unfortunate in terms of circumstances. Uh, he's bringing a different perspective in, and I like that. The brought, he's brought Bar Morty in as an assistant coach, which I think that's is great. Huge. That's, that's huge. huge. And um, it's put a smile on people's faces, but God knows it was needed because for the first two, three weeks of the postseason, we looked we looked like a shambolic club and, and um, we don't deserve that. Okay, and I agree with you. And I'm going to go back to you in one second about Silva, but something that Dan said, I want to get your thoughts on, and I think it's pretty obvious. When Fulham play Sheffield United at Craven Cottage, when they play Bournemouth, one manager is going to be looked at in one way and one's going to be looked at in another way. That's pretty telling, Giannis. 
Uh, I'm not so sure. I, I, I think okay. I think I think it'll be split. I think there are really? going to be fans. Yeah, I, I think there'll be fans that will say, "Okay, he took us the Premier League. We went down, you know, eighteen, nineteen didn't work. He took us back up. Should we have finished top two? Probably, but they, we did beat Brentford, which you know, never going to forget. Um, we did make a fist of it at a certain time, and then the the, the floor fell out. Um, there are, fa- I mean, if I was at the cottage, I wouldn't boo him. I'd, uh, because I think it being a coach is tough enough. Um, I don't like the way he conducted himself at the end, um, but I still appreciate the work he did. Clearly, the change was there. Clearly, the divorce was going to be acrimonious. It was done. But there will be boo. I mean, there'll be a fair amount of booing. And I think Marco Silva has, in the first few weeks as manager, has he has um, he's picked up some good social capital. The fans' feedback on the social media sites is, you know, positive. They like him. Um, and um, with our fixture list to start off with, a, a couple of early wins will make it even better. Right. Um, it'll be a spicy affair when we play Bournemouth. But, you know, at the end of the day, all will be forgiven at some point. We'll, we'll look at Scotty and, you know, but, but it, it's still, the wounds are still there, right? So right, there'll be a lot of booing. Um, it'll, be, it'll be a fun day and it'll be a sellout and guarantee that. Okay, excellent stuff. And Giannis, right back to you. Let's, let's talk about Marco Silva. And then I'll go to Dan and get his thoughts. I, I want to incorporate two different ideas when it comes to him. First, him joining. And like you've already talked about the way he has presented himself. And then let's talk about the style of play comparing Silva to Fulham, because I think it's very different. I think as Gordon Davis said, it's Star Wars. It's it's basically the dark side and the light side, which I think is funny that he said that. So let's talk about Silva joining and the style play, and then I'll go to Dan. Uh, Silva has a point to prove. Uh, he feels he was hard done by by Everton. I think it, to a large extent he was. And um, there's nothing better than having a motivated coach that needs to prove a point to basically stick the middle finger up at all his critics. And that's why I, I, I question the Scott Parker move. Because to all intents and purposes, he's gone to a smaller club. Smaller stadium, right. smaller fan base. It's a lateral move inside the division. Um, it, 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 it makes me wonder why he didn't sit out for maybe the, if, you know, all these critics were saying how good a manager he was, would he wait for the first shoe to drop in the Premier League and you know that shoes will, will, will drop. But Silva is um, young and he's motivated and he's, he's coached at the highest level. And I think what helps is he's coming in with a, with a group of professionals who are going to love a, a fresh voice. And have, they've been there, done that via the playoffs. They've been there, done that, going to Wembley with an empty stadium, with a full stadium. Uh, he has the fans backing. He has the ownership backing. Yep. And it sounds like in terms of the signing, especially with this Rodrigo Munez uh, situation and that, the signing of Harry Wilson, it looks like we're going to get the financial backing with his voice to, to, make, to make a difference. So it's positive all round. Of course, that could all <laughs> explode on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> okay. Dan, over to you. You mentioned to me, you're like, listen, I want to talk about Silva. Here's your opportunity, Dan. I, w- I want your view on Silva. And, but I also want to concentrate on this part of it, the differences of the, the style of play. Now, again, I've only watched one friendly match. I could see a difference, but I've seen other fans that say they, they see the same style of play. I didn't see that. Maybe, maybe I was looking too much into it, but I saw a more aggressive style of play. I just also saw a team that was still learning how to play together. I want to get your thoughts on 
Marco Silva and the style of play difference between the way we think he's going to play compared to Parker Ball? Sorry, I think I'd, I'm, I think I'd muted myself. Oh, Sorry okay. about that. Can you got me now. I got you now, yeah. Dad. I'm still I'm still as much of a technophobe as I was uh, all those years ago. That's so okay, Dan. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just happy have to, to have trust you. That I was in the middle of a very good answer. <laughs> you just have to trust our excellence, Dwight's assessments of everything. What I what I was saying was I think Silver is a very good appointment. Um, he's somebody who I wouldn't have thought would be persuaded to take a championship job at this yeah. point in his in his career. It alludes to to what Yanis was saying about feeling that he has a point to prove in English football. Um, that there's there's definitely uh, that at play, uh, but more than that. To, to take your point directly about what the difference is. And, and he clearly wants to play a more offensive, attractive, um, adventurous form of football. Now, it'll take some time for all of those ideas to percolate through. You could you can see that already in his own reaction to the games that have been played and right. the players' uh, reactions. Now, he's clearly going to play some variation of either a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3. Right. Um, that probably suits the personnel that A, we've got, and B, that he's already um, signed. He's uh, keeping hold of Alexander Mitrovic. You know, uh, that's absolutely pivotal to Fulham's chances of uh, being competitive and, and better um, in a championship. But And I'm always wary, Ross, Russ, of... Um, of, of setting too much store in a friendly game, one I know. one friend, you know, one friendly game a week before the season against the League One side when players are probably trying not to get injured, and it, it lacks the intensity. You know, it'll be like um, chalk and cheese compared to what Neil Warnock serves up on on Sunday afternoon, oh, sure. for instance. But but there were little things, you know, the little interplay. Uh, between the centre halves seems to be reduced. There seems to be yeah. a, a um, an accent on getting the ball forward uh, more quickly, um, and there were lovely little link up. The idea of having a number ten who drops in between the lines and is threat is trying to get up. You know, it shouldn't be revolutionary, Russ. But after what we've watched, it is. <laughs> That's a good point, Dan, and. Over to you, Giannis. Uh, I'm glad that we're talking about this. And, and Dan makes a good point. There's only so much you can take out of a friendly, like you said, uh, you know, right before the season. But he just brought up something that stood out to me. We didn't see as much of the center backs just passing it back and forth like we've seen before. And we saw, you know, and I kept seeing Tim Ream and Tosin with the purpose of just getting the ball forward as quickly as possible. With taking more risk, what we have seen before, you know, in the past with more aggressive sides. We wouldn't have seen that with Scott. I saw a difference. How about you? Yeah, I noticed it. Um, and it's um, the, the beauty of it is getting the ball quickly as, as quickly as possible by not playing necessarily long balls. I mean, last year, the quickest we ever tend, tended to get it was um, Joachim Anderson at the back. And I remember the goal that... Uh, Lookman scored against Sheffield United at the cottage, which was a beautiful ball from the right-hand side to the left um, that got us the winner. Um, but I think you just got to get it up to your your best players and nice and quick. And looking right. at the players that we've got, you know, it's mouth-watering to think that their defenders are going to look and say, oh, Jesus, we've got 
Wilson on one side, we've got BDR, we've got Mitro, we've got bloody Caveo, Francois, I don't know where he's going. I mean, this is, I mean, and it, it's a, it'll be very difficult to defend. And there were times where we just looked so, uh, towards the end of the season when we were in that rut, we were so hesitant in terms of passing. It was very, very square. Um, and it looked like um, Scotty was trying to play not to lose, and 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 in in and you know in in the Premier League, um, we proved as as Dan said earlier, we, we we got you know we we won up at Goodison Park, we won up at Anfield, right? We had some very very good wins, and yet, you know, we we had some tepid performances as well. A lot of that was because of our inability to move the the ball between the thirds at a at a, at a good speed. So I did notice that against Charlton, but Dan's right. Preseason games, players are you know worried about getting injured. Yeah. Um, and as, and you've got to be careful. You look at what happened to Wesley Fofana uh, in the week, that horrible leg break against um, Villarreal. Um, that is why exhibition games or friendlies preseason can get, can be very worrisome. He, they probably lost him, their best player for the season. And so, you know, playing against Charlton League One, but still London, rival, good rivalry between the two clubs. You don't want to get any injuries. You're not going to be going full tilt boogie for 90 minutes. It doesn't make sense because there's nothing at the end of it. Right. Um, so I'm glad we didn't pick up any injuries. Uh, I think you're going to see that something of the real Fulham on Sunday. But by saying that, I'll also say that by the end of the month, this team may look very different with the transfer window coming up, the end, um, with players outgoing and maybe potentials coming in. So, again, Fulham fans... Don't get too upset with the first few games, depending on, or don't get too high if we go on a lovely winning run. Don't get too low if things go a little bit south. There are going to be changes, and it's going to take, I think, a good 10, 12 games for Silver's philosophy to really bed in with the players. You've got to, it's like kicking out habits, old habits of the old coaches. You know, you suddenly got, you've been told to do this, and now you're told to do this, and it will take time, even though they're professionals. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay. Guys, uh, we do have two signs, and you can incorporate them when we talk about the team. We're gonna, we'll break them down. And, Dan, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about the goalkeepers. We're going to just talk about the goalkeepers, defense, midfield, and the striker position up front. So let's start with the goalkeepers. Fulham did add a goalkeeper with some experience. You know, Again, he comes to Fulham as a free transfer, which is great. And you also have Marek Rodak. So what are your thoughts about bringing in an experienced goalkeeper to compete with Marek Rodak, then. Sorry, I'm just making sure I wasn't muting myself again. <laughs> um, I wasn't, I wasn't wild about it to begin with. I have to say, okay, um, for the simple re- for the simple for the simple reason that um, you know Marek Rodak and Fulham goalkeepers before him have been passed over. Yeah. Uh, when the club has got to the to the Premier League, as Rodak was last season, and the idea that uh, you would bring because managers always say this, and I noticed that Silva said it that Gazaniga was brought in to add competition, right? And that, you know that's very much true, isn't it? Because you needed a another goalkeeper after uh, Marcus Bettinelli was released. So, so you, you 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 may need some some backup, but there's a difference between um, providing competition and coming in and supplanting the the young goalkeeper the club has produced, nurtured through the academy process, and frankly, it was one of the major reasons why Fulham were even in the playoffs 
uh, positions uh, and got to Wembley in, in the first place. I'd feel very disappointed um, for Marek Rodak if he's passed over again because I do think he has the ability to be an exceptional goalkeeper uh, for Fulham. He's proved it at this level and the message it would send to the young goalkeepers, several very promising young goalkeepers, Luke Raspberry Hammond yeah. and George George Wickens, a, a, a Fulham fan from a very young age, among them. Uh, the message it sends to them is, you know, work on your opportunity, but we might bring in a big name uh, if we get promoted uh, when we get to the top to the top flight. I think you do have to have faith in your in your academy products once they've. Um, shown they can they can deliver, and you know Gasaniga is a is a very good goalkeeper. There's no there's no denying yeah. that. But he's never played more than twenty two uh, senior games in English football. So you know you have to yeah you, you have to weigh that up. Over to you, Giannis. Thoughts on uh, Marek Rodak and and the uh, goalkeeper that just came to us. And what's interesting, and I'm glad that Dan brought this up. This all goes back to the situation that's now happened twice. You had it with Marcus Batnelli. You had it with Rodak. They are these goalkeepers that we've nurtured through the academy. So basically you're telling these goalkeepers, you can be with us to a point, but when we're in the Premier League, we're going to try to upgrade. That's a slippery slope. And I think Fulham have, have fallen into that twice. Now, again, the goalkeepers that they brought in, Giannis, Rico, and then, of course, Ariel have been exceptional they've been great but to dan's point at some point you got to show a little bit more faith in the academy goalkeepers that there's this pathway that you can be in the premier league so what are your thoughts about that that's a great point by dan it's a tricky one because the problem with football is is, is you've got the fluidity of changes of managers so, um, you know, when Areola came in, we didn't, I don't think we realized how good he was. And then we realized how bloody good he was. And, you know, and it was tough for Rodak. I, I, I'm a big thing on loyalty and, I'd, and I hope that Rodak starts on Sunday. But Gazaniga is, is a good keeper and by right. And if it's going to provide competition, it's going to be good. I think the, the beauty of the situation for Sunday is that Silva has a clean slate. So I don't think he's going to be swayed by the reputations. I don't think he's going to be swayed by sentiment. I think he will go for the team and the players that he think is thinks are good enough to start. Um, I know that Rodi had a picked up a knock, and that's why he didn't play against Charlton. Uh, I think it's it's fifty fifty who starts on Sunday. If I was gonna if I was going to commit, I think Rodak will start. Okay. But I would not be surprised if Gazaniga starts. I agree with Dan. I think it would be a little bit unfair. Yeah, but the business I, I, of, I agree with Dan on this. But the business of football isn't fair anyway. Um, and it's it's um, it, it just isn't. Sometimes we question, you know, why things happen for a reason. Players that we and I'm going to give you a good example. A good example for me is Joe Bryan. Joe Bryan, I think, you know, is a very solid, dependable left back who makes great runs up and he's a he's obviously a good teammate and an interesting character too and was the hero at Wembley and yet Robinson was brought in no disrespect I, I got a huge amount of time for Robinson but then yep. Brian was parked on the bench and um you know Joe and then he got, got some game time towards the end of last season and played well 
So then the question is, well, why didn't you pick someone who's been part of, you know, your squad for three years, who's done well, that took you to the promised land, but then you sort of dumped him from someone from Wigan, who did well in US international, don't get me wrong. Should there be something for loyalty? And you look at the number of players that were benched at the start of last year when we bought all our low knees, that, yep. that you cannot discount. So I think for just to keep the peace, it would be an intru- I think it would be a good idea to play Rodak. But I think Gazaniga is going to be knocking on the door because he's a good goalkeeper. And hey, if we've got two good goalkeepers fighting amongst themselves, it should be like no other position. We should have strength in depth as well as strength in breadth. So I think if they're fighting each other to get the spot, it makes us a better squad overall. Okay. I, I just have my friend Chris just uh, put this out. Does Rodak have the number one shirt work in his favor, Giannis? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think Silver plays to, to sentiment. I think that Silver will make the decisions. I don't think he will. I think he's got his style. I think that Luis Bonamorti is going to be a big part of that. I think that it's great that we bring in someone who's been a huge part of our, you know, of our recent history. And that's why, you know, when Roy Hodgson came in, I, I was delighted that he brought Louis in. Because yeah. Louis had been a manager, Louis had been a player, Louis had been a captain. He knew the club backwards. And I think it really helped in terms of creating that culture inside the club. And I think that the move to bring Barmorty is no different. Uh, he hasn't had the sort of experience managing that, that Louis had before he came with Roy. But I do think that um, he's his right-hand man. And, and he'll say, well, you know, I read the social media. I know what this club's like. I know what the fans are like. They really like Rody. I think to start off with, I think we keep the boat, we settle the boat. Yep. Uh, he'll give his advice, whether Silver goes with it or not is is uh, is another thing. But I don't think he'll be, um, Silver's his own man and he's got a point to prove. So he'll want to put the keeper that he thinks will will do the job on the night. Okay, excellent stuff. Before we move on, I have to share this. If you're not already aware, listen, we are recording this during this match. Parker Ball won, West Brom won. I love that. Thank you very much for sharing that. Okay, and Giannis is laughing and Dan is laughing. Yes, Parker Ball won, West Brom won at the half. Okay, yeah, Giannis, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to let you tackle the defense, and then I'm going to go to the midfield for Dan, just for time's sake, just so we can move it along just a little bit. So I want to get your thoughts on Fulham's defense, which I think is fairly strong. There's a lot of places you can go on this. You know, again, we just talked about the goalkeepers. You could talk about the center backs. Obviously, talk about the fullbacks as well. On paper, I think it's fairly strong. What What are your thoughts? I think in the, I think on paper we're the best in the division, but there's a couple of things that, that worry me. Um, there's not been a lot of talk about uh, Kenny Tete, and yeah. I just as, as we get closer to the window, I get a little bit more nervous because clubs might come in with a good bid, and if it's a if it's a club that happens to be playing in Europe and gives Tete a chance to start and play in Europe. Um, Cyrus Christie is our backup now. Cyrus played today for the under 23s, so I don't think he's going to be playing in playing on Sunday. Um, but that would be that's the one player that actually more than anyone I worry about is losing Teddy. I, I, I just think that his ability to fly up and down the wings like a gazelle is going to be really helpful in terms of getting crosses in and depending on who he links up with on that right hand side. On the left hand side, you've got a straight race between Robertson and Brian. Um, I think he'll play Robertson Sunday, but I, I actually. I still prefer Brian. I think there's something about him. I, I, there's something quirky about him. Yep. Um, but again, I think if that's a pick 'em. 
in the middle, well, Tosin's this is where had it a gets fo- interesting. Yeah, it gets interesting because you've got Congolo, who we know is the sick note, but he's obviously injured and hopefully comes back soon. Alfie Mawson has done okay in preseason training. How long is he going to last for? We've got obviously Timothy Ream, U.S. captain. Didn't get a lot of playing time last year, but man, you need his experience. You've got Austin, obviously Tosin Adebayo, who, you know what, has, has, has been bedded in with a, a year of really tough Premier League experiences. Um, you've got Maxime Le Marchand, but I think he'll be probably going off to France or Belgium. And we've got my friend Denis Odoir, who um, I actually hope we keep around because uh, I like... I. I I just think he's a utility player that you can plug into certain defensive positions, even in the championship. I just, I just think that you could, you know, in a moment's notice emergency, I, I wouldn't feel so bad about that. Let's not also not forget, um, obviously, our, our, our friend Mr. Sessignon as well yeah. and how that's going to look. Marlon Fossey, yeah, Marlon Fossey played for the U23s today. They've been trying to get him out on loan. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't think he's, he's going to be part of it for this year. But that group right there, I think, is good enough. And for all we know, I know <laughs> someone made a comment about the doggy and uh, Gary Cahill. Um, I wouldn't take him, personally. Um, but there are free agents out there that are looking for teams, and you never know if, if the brass are looking for an experienced centre-back that can come in and, and, and help out at some point. Okay, excellent stuff. And I'm just sharing this from Stefan. I would prefer Brian and Robinson. Has you proved himself at Fulham, in my opinion? Uh, and then I have uh, Dave... Cronin and Brian scores goals. All right, Dan, back over to you. And if you want to comment on the defense, feel free to. But I want to get your thoughts. I want to pick your brain on the midfield. I talked to Rob Wilson on this, and there's a lot of talent here. But it's very interesting because there could be some parts moving and coming. We've we've heard the speculation with Matt Grimes potentially coming. Could Matt Grimes be coming partially because maybe someone's leaving? I don't know. The Angisa situation, I think, is fascinating. They, I think they could get a lot of money for him, but I think he would run rampant in the midfield for Fulham. But the question is, does he want to be part of Fulham in the championship? That I don't know. And then, of course, you've got Harrison Reed, who I love, and the situation with Tom Kearney, because Tom Kearney is – I love Tom Kearney as a player. I'm just concerned about his health at this point. Hopefully he gets back to fitness. And there are other, other players as well. I think this is a group that's very important, deep. But I think there are a lot of questions here in midfield. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you've, you've almost eliminated the need for me there, Russ. You summed it up very well. Well, um, thank you. I think, I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right in terms of uh, the, the the possibility of departures. Um, I, I wouldn't expect either Anguissa or Jean-Michel Siri to to be at Fulham post the, the transfer window. Uh, the specifics of that, whether it's a loan, uh, whether it's a permanent deal, what kind of uh, the money that they paid for somebody like Anguissa, um, you know, that's that's for them to haggle over. And it's been interesting to see that play out in the Italian papers over the last couple of days. You know what the what the valuations are that various teams would would, would put on Anguissa. But, but fundamentally, I'm not sure. He wants to to play in the championship. We certainly didn't buy him to play in the championship, um, and he probably sees his future uh, somewhere else. the The concern that you have probably around Fulham's two most important midfielders. You, you mentioned them both there, uh, Harrison Reed. 
it is vital to the to the success of this team at the back in front of the in front of the defence. And there's a slight worry about him, uh, fitness wise, both at the moment and you know he's picked up a few injuries in his time at Fulham that have robbed us of his services at uh, at times. So hopefully he gets fully fit and uh, and can slot in there. And Kearney, obviously, I, I think we just have to uh, resign ourselves sadly to the fact that. Uh, we're not going to see Kearney play anything close to 46 league no. games this season. It's just not going to be possible. The key is not to rush him back right? and then see where he can contribute. Um, and I, I don't want to sound callous about this because I love Tom Kearney as much as the next Fulham fan. He's, he's, um, he offers us something that uh, we don't have in terms of ball retention and, and creativity. But the the only silver lining to this is that it creates an opportunity for a natural number ten, like uh, Fabio Carvalho, to come yes. in and show what he can do and get an extended run of games in the side. Um, so 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 there is that eventuality in terms of what would be a, and you know we have to include Tyrese Francois in this conversation. Absolutely, I'm too. glad that you mentioned him. Absolutely, know, he needs. To be, uh, he's been very impressive by all accounts in in training. He was excellent in the in the one friendly that we've all been able to see, and on that basis, he should be in with a strong chance of starting on Sunday. All things being equal, because he's performed at a high level, um, and he's confident. Uh, and his confidence is high. We haven't spoken about Josh Onomar. So last season showed that That's he right. can add real quality and dynamism to the final third. You know, the question for him is: Is he going to get the opportunity, and can he stay fit and replicate that form over a long um, period of time? Yep. Um, and you know, I watched a lot of Matt Grimes earlier in his career yep. when he was when he was playing at Exeter. Um, a very good footballer who's become one of the most consistent players in the championship. It's up in the air as to where he goes and whether we can consign him at the moment. I certainly don't have any inside information on that. But it is the sort of profile of footballer that you would need to add because if we are going to lose Anguissa and Seri, we're suddenly in little central midfield positions. Um, And... That would be a concern just with the number of games that the team has to play. Absolutely. Dan. A couple of things I want to go back to you on Matt Grimes. And, and again, I'm big on this. And I understand if they can get Matt Grimes, you should get Matt Grimes. But here's my question to you. Definitely want to ask you about Harry Wilson and then, of course, about Grimes. And I asked the question about Harry Wilson. Can he play in the Premier League? Many tell me that, he's, that he can. Can Matt Grimes play in the Premier League? And I'm just curious your view on that. If they were to bring him in, I understand in the championship he could be dominant. Can he play at the next level, though? Well, that, you know, I think it's an open question on both of them. Okay, um, they've, they've they've certainly got the potential. I mean, Grimes was a was a England under twenty one uh, international, and he's certainly you know the level of uh, performances that he's put in for Swansea and the progression in his career. Uh, over the last few years, shows that he can kick on. You know, I, I don't want to uh, condemn a signing to just being a championship player before we've actually, you know, before uh, before he's actually signed, and uh, B before anyone's seen him <laughs> right. in, in, in the system. So I, I think that sure. one's a bit premature. Um, okay, Harry Harry Wilson, uh, 
definitely has the ability to perform at the highest level. You only have to ask people who've watched him play for Wales and deliver for Wales in some very important qualifying matches uh, to get That's Wales right, yeah. to to the latter stages of, of the European Championships and indeed um, the Nations League. So, you know, and Wilson's an interesting one because he can play in a couple of positions. That's we right. That's, a, that's why I'm bringing of, him up. Yep. Sure. We think of him as a right-sided... But he can um, play the number 10. Uh, as a right-sided winger who has a very good left foot, and that is true, but in a position where he had his best performances, arguably, uh, when he was playing for... when he's being managed by someone who shan't be mentioned. Um, also for a team that that for Fulham fans or certainly for Rob Wilson uh, shan't be mentioned either but um, but uh, look I'm very excited about Harry Wilson I okay. hope to see him start on the right hand side on Sunday I'm not sure that's quite going to happen just yet because he hasn't had a lot of football but I'd like it to happen and the thing he offers more than anything and boy we need someone who can beat the first man at the corner uh, I totally agree that's a great point Dan and Anyone that has, has watched him on uh, set pieces, he's been excellent. Giannis, over to you. Let's talk about the strikers. We can also talk about wingers, too. Um, we can combine that. But I want to get your thoughts on the situation with Mitro. As Dan mentioned, Mitro did not really get the opportunities that he is accustomed to getting under Parker last season. So will he thrive under Silva? I hope so. But I also want to get your thoughts on the way Silva plays, and there are a couple of other players I can't believe I'm going to bring up one of them, but could Silva get the most out of Cavallero and Knockhart? So let's talk about Mitro and then, of course, the uh, those wingers because I'm curious your view on where they fit in all this. Well, Mitro won't be exempt from criticism for last year. I mean, I feel sorry for him that he didn't start as many games as he should have done because the service was atrocious and the system didn't seem to set up for him. But he wasn't fit enough. He put on weight. He went on a sulk fest and he didn't, frankly, look interested. So that's something that I hope he's grown up about because clearly when he put on a Serbian shirt, he looked like Messi. And so it, it, I don't think there's any accident there. Um, in terms of uh, Knockart and, and Caballero, um, I, I just, I'm, I'm just cringing thinking about it. I, I just I, I don't want okay. them anywhere. No, I don't. Uh, no. Um, but then I feel the same way about Bubu Camera as well, although he looks like he might be going <laughs> off to Arasalonica, which is good. Yep. Uh, I think we need our upgrade. We've got Bobby Dekadova Reed there. Yeah, uh, we bring up Bobby Dekadova Reed too. Yeah, Harry Wilson can be play, played out wide. Let's not forget Naiskin's Cabano as well. Yeah, we've got. Um, I think if we could, I mean, my dream was to th think we could pick up an Adam Armstrong. That's not going to happen. He's probably going to go to Palace. But there is a, if we could get another winger in, and, and we still, I think, need depth. Um, in terms of, of Mitra. Now, Rodrigo Munez is going to be coming in. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, the, hopefully. The thought hopefully. is he's like a Richarlison hybrid thing. Yep. And Richarlison took time to get going, but uh, I, I've got no complaints about the way he plays. He's an extremely hardworking player at Everton. And um, if we're going to pick up someone of his caliber, it's a good thing. Um, but uh, to me, Knockhart... Um, we sent him out on loan to Forest. He did the same stuff last year. Um, the birds, the birds in the high, you know the, uh, the top of the stands are in more danger than the net. Um, Caviero is so frustrating. I mean, I think of that goal he scored against Tottenham at White Hart Lane, that header, and it was a fabulous goal. And you thought, well, where's this coming from? 
But if you're expecting to get promoted with him up front, you're in trouble because um, opponents are just going to laugh. He's big and he's strong and he does have some skill, but it just, no, just no, it's not happening. So um, with the transfer window three weeks away, I'm hoping that, um, I actually hope they're both loaned out. I also, I I just don't see, I don't right now see the value in either or of those players. They've had enough time to shine. We were frustrated with them two years ago. We were frustrated with Cav last year. And really, my blood pressure can only go so high. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to have to stomach any more of them. So, um, but but Steena just put it on the thingy. We need another striker. Yes, we do. Yep. Yes, we do. And um, I'm sure we're looking at it. I'm sure we're looking at getting another striker. But uh, I wouldn't be trusting Noki and uh, Cav, that's for sure. Okay, excellent stuff, guys. Okay, I do have some bonus topics before we break down the Middlesbrough match. But before we do that, I'm going to put you guys both on the spot. Giannis, I'm going to start with you. I did this on the last show. What's your prediction for Fulham? I predicted that they were going to win the league. Now, that's just me. You know how optimistic I am. But you know who joined me in that? Gordon Davis and Rob Wilson. I'm in good company. What's your prediction? I think we'll finish second. Um, I, I, I do. Um, this is a very, and this is what really pisses me off about the snootery of Premier League clubs. It's very, very, very tough. And it's interesting. There was part of the interview with Jack Grealish yesterday about when Villa got relegated, and it sort of he said it was a wake-up call and the grind of what happened in the Championship. It's it's a very tough division. Forty-six games. You know, back and forth, two games a week. Um, I think we have the squad to do it, but I do like West Brom. I, I think they've got they okay. picked up Ishmael. Even I, with I, Pereira I, leaving, yes, I do. I, I, I just, I think, I think that's going to be the proviso of West Brom winning the division will be if the if the ownership reinvests whatever money that they got for Pereira back into the squad. I like their lineup, I really do, but if they don't. We can win the division. We're going to need to be healthy, uh, but we're going to have to make some very difficult decisions. And Dan said something earlier, um, and I'm glad, he, Dan, you brought it up. And, and this is about Kearney. Um, I actually think we need to move on from Kearney. I just think that, you know, it's been months and months. He's clearly got a wonky knee. It's the one part of your body, really, in terms of football that you really could. One, once you start getting knee problems, it's, it's, a, real pro, it's a real concern. And I think we have to start looking at life after Kearney. And I believe that, you know, having Caveo and uh, Francois in the mix is Silva's subtle way of saying we really need to look at this now. And Matt Grimes, I tell you what, if we get Matt Grimes, I'd be well happy because he is a good player and he's younger and he knows what it's like at this level. And Kearney is, could be a luxury item yep. at some point. Off the bench, but starting. I, I just, I just think, I think it's actually the situation is worse than maybe the clubs later on. Maybe Dan, you'll find something out. But I just, it's been too long. There've been too many months, too many um, um, setbacks for the lad. Uh, we love him to death, but the body, he's got the will, but maybe the body's beginning to tell him that it's not going to happen. Okay, very interesting from you, Giannis. Okay, Dan, over to you. Yes, um. A very optimistic person. Part of the reason why I made this prediction is that I've seen so many Fulham supporters say this. Well, 
at least top six, at least top six. I, you know, I don't want to give this team any excuses, Dan. I think we've done that too much. I think we need to put the heat on them. So I'm putting the heat on them by saying they should win the league. Again, they might not win the league, but they have the ability to do it. So I'm saying that they're going to win the league. Your thoughts, Dan? Yeah, I'm not. We, we did a similar exercise for them, um, where we got our contributors to uh, predict the season essentially, and I was astonished by the levels of positivity. Literally, every single person said we were going to, and all of the comments said we were going to go up automatically. I mean, that happens to be my view. I, I, I'm sort of more oh, with Yanis okay. in, in, in that the league is very tough and I'm not quite there yet on anointing us as champions because there's still too many things we don't know about sure. the, the the structure of the side um, and the rest of the division because I do think, you know, West Brom, Sheffield should all be thinking um, that yes. they can get in, the, get in the top two places and obviously that can't happen. Um, and, and then you always have some teams, you know, I look at, people like Millwall and QPR who made some very, you know, they're only signing. No, I agree with you. At the, at, at the end of the day, but they made some very solid pieces of recruitment. Um, and, and then there are a few other teams who we won't mention who would also um, fancy themselves to be in the shake-up. One, one of them is playing right now. Yeah. Um, uh, and we, we won't tell you more about that. Just on, just on Kenny, if I may, since Yanis... Yeah, go ahead. Since Yanis mentioned it. Look, Kenny produced one of his best performances in a Fulham shirt last season when we beat West Brom. Um, and then he disappeared for a few weeks. And at that point, that wasn't injury-related. That was a tactical uh, decision, or at least that's what we were told. Um, I'm not quite ready to, to sort of pension off Tom Kearney. I know that's not what Yanis was doing, but yeah. I'm not quite ready to admit defeat on somebody who's uh, contributed such an immense amount to the football club and still can he struggled at times in the, in the Premier League and he wasn't quite the same force in the top flight but this is where you know he's at his level if we, he we he deserves the opportunity to try and overcome these troublesome injury problems which they are and to impose himself on this division because if he can we're a far better team with him in it totally agree. and uh, and that and that's why um, we're we're not quite. I'm not quite ready to close, close the book on Tom Kearney. But if if it, if his immediate absence allows people to uh, stake a claim, then that can only be good for the general health of the of the squad and our season. Yeah. Okay, Dan, what's your prediction? I said, oh, sorry, I said we we're going to finish second. Is what? Oh, I, okay. Is, oh, that's is, right. That's it, right. You that think was you're going my, with Giannis. You're going with Giannis. That okay. was my prediction that I've written down. So I can't. Oh, great. Out of it now. <laughs> Great, great. And that's a golden for not picking that up, Dan. Very good. Okay. Coming up next, we are going to break down the Middlesbrough match and make our predictions. Okay, guys, to finish up the show, I was actually going to give us some bonus topics. Just for time's sake, I'm probably going to have to do that in another show. And I'm just going to tell everyone that I do plan on talking about this in a future episode dealing with the international streaming costs and ticket prices in general. We will spend more time. I, again, it, it takes a, a decent amount of time to talk about that. So I just don't think we have enough time to really fully do it the way that we really should and really spend some time talking about ticket prices in general and then also the international streaming 
prices went way up. We'll, we'll talk about that in a future show. But let's get to Middlesbrough. And Dan, I'm going to start with you. Just give me your overall thoughts on Middlesbrough. We'll talk about Neil Warnock in just a second. But just your, your thoughts on what they bring. And uh, they have a lot of experience. I, uh, you know, they, they didn't end badly last season. And any team under Warnock, we'll talk about him in a second, you know is dangerous. So just thoughts in general of, Mid- of Middlesbrough, and then I'll go to Giannis. Yeah, just briefly before we do that, I would say that the international streaming has been brought to the attention of the, of the Fulham Supporters Trust, oh, who, will raise, okay. who, who will raise it with the club in their, in their ongoing dialogue. And we have oh, a dialogue you, we have a dialogue over ticket pricing as well. So that's very much a live issue. And if if supporters want to get in touch with the supporters trust with their um, with, with their comments about that, they'd be very welcome to. And uh, thank you, Dan, I, for mentioning that. I certainly want to to make sure that uh, we're not we're not diminishing that in any in any way because it's important. Uh, yes. Middlesbrough, then very quickly, um, <laughs> yeah. A very tough test, frankly. They did Absolutely. finish. The, they did. They did finish the season very well. You know what you're going to get. They're going to be competitive. They have some very useful technicians in midfield as well, who we can't discount uh, just on the basis that uh, Warnock's going to have them fired up, and the, and the sort of the easy line is that they're going to try and kick lumps out of us. They'll be a bit more refined than that, certainly. Um, and he's been pl- he's been playing a a five three two in pre season, right. so he's he's sort of ventured away from the four two three one that he finished last season with. Um, and Duncan Watmore uh, up top is somebody who we need to 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 keep an eye on. Look, um, the it's always difficult in the early stages of a new season. We've seen it in the championship. We've I don't remember the last time a Fulham side flew out of the blocks in the championship you probably have to go back to the Jean Tagana uh, team for, for something approaching that level of uh, uh, of start and I don't think we're quite in that le- quite at that level at the moment right. so we probably need to temper a bit of the optimism and, and focus just on the fact that this is a solid robust side who are going to cause us some problems and we're going to have to be at our very best and play some very good football to beat them Dan, I totally agree with you. And let me ask you this, and I'm going to go to Giannis. In many ways, it people might think this is the wrong team for Fulham to open up with. But we opened up with two seasons ago with Barnsley. We saw how that went. Could this p- potentially be the right team for them to play because it is going to be such a test? I'm curious your view on it because there are a couple of different ways you can go. Well, you don't want to be facing them now, or do you want to be facing them now? Well, I think, look, I mean, I, I, I don't get hung up on the order in which we play teams as much as other people. I think, okay. You know, it's a it's a division. You play everybody twice. And, yeah, by the end of the season, any sort of incremental advantage is eliminating. That being said, this game represents a barometer of where we are at the very start of the season. And it gives us a, an idea of how Silver's side will shape up. Um at a very early stage it's a good test for us to see where our level is exactly that I do, that I do believe yes um, that's but, kind of where I was going on it Dan. but Warnock will have his team right up for it and you better believe he'll be pinning up the various newspaper cuttings from this week that have Fulham predicted to win the league <laughs> he might even play this podcast you never know <laughs> uh, 
to say, you know, look at these Fulham people. You know, they think all they have to do is turn up and walk the league. <laughs> and, you know, he'll, he'll say, go out and prove them wrong. And that, right. that in itself can be a very good motivator. Yes. No, I, I totally agree with that, Dan. And Giannis, over to you. Just general thoughts on Middlesbrough. It's a tough test, but as Dan mentioned, he's right. You, you play each team at the same time. But I just see this as a good barometer for Silva's team as a good test to see where they are measuring stick to start off. You know, they started against Barnsley. Maybe they were just a little full of themselves two seasons ago. They know what they're going to get here. This might actually be a good team to open up with. I'm curious your view on it. Curious your thoughts on Middlesbrough. I think it's the perfect game. Absolutely perfect game. I mean, yeah, there are a few managers you're going to have more respect for in this division than Neil Warnock. He's been there. He's done that. In terms, I think it's eight or nine promotions from the championship. You're always going to get a very, very hard working team. Um, you're going to get a rabid fans. I mean, Middlesbrough sold out their away ticket a lot of it in like four seconds and probably could have sold 10 times more as well. Um, they've they just picked up a, a new lad, uh, Martin Payera, signed on for Borough today. I don't think he, I'm not sure if he's going to be available for Sunday, but that will give him a bit of a G. They picked up players like Lumley and Peltier, Crooks, good experience there. Ik Piazu, I assume, is going to start on Sunday. They picked him up from Wickham Wanderers, big, strong striker. He's going to give us a few problems. Sammy Amiobi is going to be he's out for the game on Sunday, he is. Yeah, which is a little bit of a relief. But um, they're a very, very hard-working side, and, and um, it's going to be a very good atmosphere, and um, it's not a game where uh, we can do what, you know, lollygag like we did up at Oakwell. They're going to come down, they're going to be noisy, they're going to be in your face. The Rodrigo Munoz situation, I think, he might even play a little small part too. You know, the back and forth, and Warner can say, look look at money bags, full on the guy out and buy another player. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. I think it's going to be a physical game. And um, and I've been sort of tweaking in my mind the sort of lineup that I think we can put out against a team that, that are going to come yep. boots flying. Um, and I'm sure Silver and Bar Morty are going to have a real to try and get this right because this is going to be a tough game. Yep. And I think it's probably for that reason the perfect game because we don't we're not going to go out and thump a team and go oh look at us and then go up to Leeds Road next next week. Um, and then play. I think we've got Millwall after that, and, and, right. and they won't be easy games. So I think it's a good it's a good test to start. I totally agree. And Dan, back over to you. Let's now talk about Neil Warnock. And uh, I actually d- had a little question on the Cars Talk Twitter page: Which manager who coaches against Fulham over the past five seasons annoys you the most? It's Neil Warnock for me. But you know what? I respect Neil Warnock. I just don't like his his antics, the way he holds himself, his teams are all prepared. I'll give him all the credit in the world, but he's annoying as, as just, he's so annoying, Dan. Your your thoughts on Neil Warnock. Am I wrong? Dan, I think you put yourself on mute again. I did, yeah, yeah. So oh, I've got to get back in the habit of doing this. Um, <laughs> there you are, some entertainment for you. Um, I can see where you're coming from with uh, with Neil Warnock. Um, I have to say, what the endearing part of Neil Warnock this summer for me is the revelation that he carries around these signed photographs of himself that he can distribute to supporters. You're looking at me perplexed, you haven't seen this. Um, It's all over the social media. 
that he that he carries around these uh, pictures in a in a in a sort of bum bag or something, and pulls them out to give to people. And it's very endearing that because you know young supporters get a signed photo of Neil Warnock. I mean, I don't think he's going to be sending one to you after your comments. No, I, I don't. I don't think he was. But there you are. You're probably okay with that. Um, oh, yeah, if I'm you're fine. asking me, look, he's got a record that is um, unmatched in terms of getting promoted from this league. Yes. You know, and getting promoted in general, actually, in English football. Um, and you can't quibble with that. His style of football is not to my taste. I'll be, I'll be the first to, to say that. That's not how I would want to watch my team play. Um, but it seems to work for him. And fair play. If you're wanting an answer to your cottage talk question from me, yep. I would go. I would go for Lee Johnson for the simple reason that, okay. apart from once or maybe twice, Lee Johnson had our number over and over and over again. He did. And of course, he started out as a Fulham fan. It that's crazy, Dan. I'm glad that you brought that up. He did, and uh, his whole his family. So so I understand why you went with uh, Lee Johnson. Giannis, quickly, on Neil Warnock, and you can answer the question, which manager of an opposing team annoys you the most? For me, it's Warnock, but it, it, I, I know it could be someone else for you. I, I, I mean, yeah, Neil Warnock I find frustrating, although some of the diatribe he comes out with is, is you know, to defend his club and defend his players, and, yep. and that's fine. The one, actually, that really pisses me off is Sean Dyche. <laughs> I, 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 I saw I, someone I, mention him. Yep. Oh, like, Really? I mean, last week, last year, we played them. What uh, we played them uh, in the cup, third round, and twice. And the guy was more wine than a Beaujolais factory, and and just and that grovelly, grovelly, like he's he's been chewing on coal bits and and um, road tar and asphalt. No, it was no. He got my. He's the one in the last five years that just irritates the bollocks out of me. Um, Warnick, you've got a hand it because whatever he's done, he's had success. And um, a testament to him, really, is that if you look at last year, when West Brom bought Sam Allardyce in and they thought, okay, Allardyce is going to do, he's going to work wonders, it didn't work. Whereas I I, I remember thinking at the time, probably the person to bring in is Warnock and not Allardyce, because Warnock has a way with players and a way of galvanizing teams that speaks in many ways uh, as a better record than, than Allardyce does. So, um, and that's why I think the Sunday game is perfect because he's going to come out, uh, his lads are going to come out and with the fans, and that's another thing that I do like about Borough, the Teesside fans are noisy. Um, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good challenge and, and, um, you know, um, credit to Warnock. I think he's done a very good job up there with not the greatest budget, but uh, he's still fighting the fight in his seventies. And yep. most of us will be sitting back, um, you know, smoking smoking a pipe. He's still out there, you know, doing doing his thing. And uh, um, yes, he is irritating at times, but uh, credit to him but at his advanced age that he's still coaching. Okay, very good. All right, guys, uh, just to finish up, I'm going to go back and forth with you. Dan, I'm going to go to you first. How do Fulham win this match? Uh, by going on the front foot and by playing our football and imposing our style on... Uh, Middlesbrough rather than the other way around and I think we will Okay, excellent Giannis, back to you uh, your thoughts on that as well I think just go out and play I think I think the fact, I, we remember back the game against Liverpool at Anfield last year which still gives me goosebumps in terms of the atmosphere that we had 
yeah. with what 5,000 fans. It was just magnificent. And I, I think having a close to full cottage with the Teesider fans coming down and making loads of noise, just go out and play. It's the first game of the season. You know, when you win, you're never going to be as good as you think you are. And when you lose, you're never going to be as poor. Uh, I think the lineup is going to evolve in the next month or so. Yeah. Um, and the lineup is going to be interesting on Sunday just because, you know, we know the players are out, but who will he bring in? And da da da. But I, my big thing is just go out and play. Okay, excellent. Okay, Dan, back over to you. Give me your starting 11 for Fulham against Middlesbrough. Oh, blimey, you put me on the spot here. Oh, sorry, uh, Dan. Do you, do you want me to go to Giannis? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, so I would start with Rodak in goal, Tete, Brian, uh, Reem, and Tosin Adarabayo. And then in midfield, I would, well, it's obviously dependent on Reed being fit, but were, if he was fit, I'd go with uh, Reed and Francois and uh, Carvalho as the number 10. Uh, and then uh, Wilson on the right, Deckard over Reed on the left, and Mitrovic up front. Right. Okay. Well, that's actually, I actually really like that lineup, Dan. I really like that. Over to you, Giannis. Give me your starting 11. Well, um, Floyd Aite won't be in it. Okay. Um, Every show, it's got to be a Floyd Aite. Every show. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. Um, okay. So the lineup that I want out versus the lineup that I think that Silver will put out. Okay. Uh, yes. Rodak in net. Um, uh, Joe Bryan at left. Tete at right. Okay. Tim Ream and Tosin Adarabayo in the middle. Midfield of Angisa, Reed, and Francois. Okay. Up front, Wilson, um, B- uh, Dekadova Reed, and Mitro. Uh, and I'm and I'm nervous about this. I don't think, and I don't have Carvalho in there, and I'm still hesitant. In this. Yeah, I was I, think, I, I was yeah, actually I'm surprised still, you did not put Carvalho in there. I don't think Harrison Reed is going to be playing. I don't think he's going to be fit. Okay. Um, but I think that Anguissa will play. Cavaya will slot in there somehow. I, I, I'm wondering if he's going to give Decadova Reed a bit of a break because he's come from the Gold Cup and he's played. He has played a lot of soccer, and it's it's less important to play him with a bit of fatigue. I think whereas Reem, I think, is the experienced thing with with Adarabayo. Um But I'm still chopping and changing on this one. Okay. Um, I. I think I would not play Francois in this game if Reed was fit, because I think this is going to be a very physical game. This is the kind of game where Anguissa and Reed can stick the boots in. Okay. Um, but again, the flip side is this is a good game for him because you'll get to see the meat and potatoes of the of the championship. There are teams, Cardiff City, right off the bat, are going to be very similar yep. in terms of the way they approach the game. Um, so I'm sounding like a fish flopping. I'm not really sure. But I do know Mitro is going to go up front, and I and I believe Mitro will score on Sunday. Okay, all right, that's going to lead to us all predicting the match. Dan, I'll give you first shot at this. What's your prediction for the match? Two one to Fulham, Ross. Two to one to Fulham. I'm going to go with Dan. I can't go wrong going with Dan. I'm going two to one to Fulham, and we'll end with you, Giannis. What's your prediction? I I can't go wrong going with Dan. What's your prediction? It's going to be Operation Hotel. We're going to keep a clean sheet. Really? And uh, I, yeah, I think I, I, I really, uh, Tosin will be a monster this year, 
because of his experience in the Premier League. I love the full-backs, whoever you put in there. And Ream, I think, uh, Ream is a, such a sensible defender. You don't need speed. You need to be able to read the game. He does it well. To me, it's going to be one nothing for him. Okay, excellent. Great show, guys. Giannis, it's always great having you on. So good doing starting another season. We're back. With you. I've got the t-shirt. Forget the bottom bit. That doesn't exist. But we're back. We're back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much. It's been a long time. Uh, so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I do want to mention, as Dan mentioned during the show, check out Fulham Supporters Trust. We will be talking about the ticket situation. But if you have a thought on that, contact the Supporters Trust. They're there to support you, the Fulham Supporter please check out the Fulham Supporters Trust. And then, of course, you have to read Dan and and uh, his guys on handman.com. It's a must-read. I've been reading all the articles, Dan. Thank you so much for joining Giannis and me again. Absolute pleasure, mate. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Okay, excellent. Well, we are going to wrap up the show. I do want to mention we are planning a full-time show, which could be an extra special full-time show after the Middlesbrough match. I'm not going to share anything else. We're going to try something interesting for full time. We'll see if we can pull that off. But let's wrap this up. For Dan Crawford from Hamian.com, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.